السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد رسول الکریم اما بعد فاعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسلی امری وحل العدتم اللسانی یبقہ قولی ربنا زدنا علما کتاب الصلاة باب عقد الازاری علی القفا فی الصلاة tying the waist wrapper at the back of the neck during the prayer we learned earlier that when a person is performing salat, then it is mandatory to wear clothes, meaning to be dressed, so that the body is covered, so that the private parts are covered, because it is not decent that a person is talking to Allah, and he is not dressed up. So this is why it is mandatory for the musalli to be dressed up, and also to be dressed up appropriately. And what is appropriate, that whatever part of the body has to be covered, must be covered. However, a person could be in a situation where he doesn't have enough clothes. And our deen is for all people. Correct? Those who have a lot and also those who have very little. And at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the majority of the people, they suffered from poverty. Especially the muhajirun, those who had migrated to Medina. Many of them were ashabu suffa who lived in the masjid, who didn't even have homes, who didn't have any means of earning any money. Remember the poverty that Abu Hurairah went through? That how poor he was, that he would be hungry. And he would go around asking questions just so that someone would realize that he was hungry and offer him some food. So if a person has very little clothes, then how is he supposed to pray? Over here we will learn about that. So one is عقد الإزاري عقد is to tie al-izar, the waist wrapper. What is izar? Izar is the lower garment. The sheet that is wrapped around the waist. Okay? Why? In order to cover waist down. Basically, there are two things. One is the izar and the other is the rida. Rida is the upper shawl that is worn to cover the upper body. And izar is the shawl that is worn around the waist in order to cover the lower body. So if a person has only an izar, He doesn't even have irida. And by the way, this is the men. Okay, we're not talking about the women. This is particularly the men. So if a man only has an izar, but he has to pray. And we learned earlier that a man, when he's praying, his shoulders have to be covered. So how is he going to cover his shoulders? He's going to tie the waist wrapper على القفاء at the back of the neck. Qafa is the back of the neck. When? salati In the salah. So basically what he's going to do is, he's going to wear the waist wrapper and take the end of it and take it up to his neck, you know, just like sari style basically. Take it up to his neck, wrap it around, okay, bring it from one side and bring it from the other side of the neck. So basically throw over the shoulders and then tie it up over here. Okay, let me show you. This is a shawl. So a person will tie it around his waist, okay, bring one side of it up. So just suppose this is tied around the waist, okay? One side of it. The other side up. And then you bring it around the shoulders, over the neck, and then you tie it up like this. How much ever short or long it is. Basically, the point is to cover the shoulders. Now, yes, for some men, depending on the length, depending on the width of the izar, the back, part of the back might show, or part of the chest might show. The arms will be exposed, but the aura is covered, and the shoulders are also covered, up to the knee. So باب عقل الإزاري على القفاء في الصلاة And why would he tie it around the neck? Why tie it? So that when he bends down, when he gets up, it doesn't fall off. Okay? Otherwise, 
the shoulders will become exposed. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ حَازِمٍ And Abu Hazim, he said, عَنْ سَهْلٍ On the authority of Sahil, that صَلَّوْ مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ That some people prayed with the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ How? وَيَلْ عَاقِدِي أُزْرِهِمْ عَاقِدِي is actually عَاقِدِينَ Plural of عَاقِد Who is عَاقِد? One who has tied up. So some people prayed with the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ while they had tied uzrihim. Uzr is from izar. While they had tied their izar, where? عَلَى عَوَاتِقِهِمْ on their necks. So they prayed in the state with the Prophet ﷺ. They had wrapped their waist, wrappers around their waists and taken a part of it in order to cover their shoulders. And in order to keep it secure, they had tied it around their necks. And in particular, they did this because the Arabs, they, they did not wear sarawil, they did not wear pants. Okay, Meaning their lower garment was not stitched. Usually it was just a sheet of cloth that was wrapped around. And with that, they would also cover up their, their shoulders in salah. And as I mentioned to you earlier, this was in particular the state of who? The Ashabu Sufa. Because they lived in a lot of poverty. And the purpose over here is to make clear that this is the bare minimum requirement for men for clothes in prayer. This is a bare minimum requirement. That the awrah be covered and the shoulders be covered. Even if a part of the chest or the back is exposed. حدثنا أحمد بن يونس قال حدثنا عاصم بن محمد قال حدثني واقد بن محمد عن محمد بن المنكدر قال هي سد صلى جابر جابر رضي الله عنه he prayed في إزار in an إزار in a lower garment in a waist wrapper قد عقده and he had tied it من قبل قفاه he had tied it around his neck why in order to cover his Shoulders and also to secure the waist wrapper. And he prayed in an izah, وَثِيَابُهُ while his clothes, مَوْضُوعَةٌ were placed, they were hanging, عَلَى المشجب, on a peg. Meaning his clothes were right there. What kind of clothes? Clothes that would fully cover him, very comfortably. They were, you know, put aside while he prayed in one izah and he had tied it around his neck in order to secure it. So what happened? قَالَ لَهُ قَائِلْ A person said to him, one who says, he said to him, تُصَلِّ فِي إِزَارٍ You are praying in an izar that is wahid in one? You are praying in one izar? فَقَالَ So he said, إِنَّمَا صَنَعْتُ ذَلِكَ Indeed I did this, لِيَرَانِي So that he sees me. Who sees me? أَحْمَقُ مِثْلُكَ A foolish one like you. I did this so that a foolish person like you would see me, meaning I intended to teach you. وَأَيُّنَا And he asked that which of us كَانَ لَهُ ثَوْبَانَ Which of us had two garments عَلَىٰ عَهْدِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning the majority of the people at the time of the Prophet ﷺ did not possess two garments. We had only one garment. So even though I have clothes that can cover me comfortably, I deliberately prayed in one izar. Why? To prove to an ahmaq like you that it is permissible. Now, this may seem a little strange that why is he calling him an ahmaq? Okay, because ahmaq is foolish, idiot. Why is he calling him like that? Basically, al-humuq is to place something. It is wad'u shay'i fi ghayri mawdi'ihi ma'al ilmi biqabhihi. It is to place something where it does not belong while knowing that this is something that should not be done. So a person who has knowledge, who understands, but deliberately he does wrong. So isn't this foolishness? Isn't this stupidity? Isn't this being an idiot? Yes, it is. Why does he call him an ahmaq? Because 
First of all, if a companion of the Prophet ﷺ is praying in a particular manner, then the person should realize that he is a companion, he knows what he is doing. So he should not object to him. You understand? So he should not object to him. Likewise, if you see that a particular person who's known to have knowledge, if they're doing something and we start challenging them, that why are you talking like this or why are you saying this, then this is being foolish, not being smart. Because people think that it is being very smart when we challenge those who have knowledge, when we point out their mistakes to them, apparently their mistakes to them. But they're not actually mistakes. They're things that we do not know of. But we think we're being very smart when we challenge them. And also, he called him Ahmaq, why? In order to make him realize that this is common sense. I mean, you should realize that every person does not possess two garments. And the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they did not possess two garments. So for a person to pray in one garment, as long as he's covered, what's the big deal? You understand? So this is the reason why he addressed him in such a harsh manner. حدثنا مطرف أبو مصعب قال حدثنا عبد الرحمن بن أبي الموالي عن محمد بن المنكدر قال رأيت جابر بن عبد الله يصلي في ثوب واحد. He said I saw Jabir bin Abdullah يصلي. He was praying في ثوب واحد in one garment. وقال and he said رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said that I saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي في ثوب praying in one garment. So we see that it wasn't just the habit of the companions. But also the Prophet ﷺ. And this shows to us the kind of poverty that the people used to live in. The kind of poverty that the Prophet ﷺ and his companions lived in. Why? For whose sake? For the sake of Allah. For the sake of the deen. If they left the deen, they could have enjoyed the riches of the world. Isn't it so? How many times was the Prophet ﷺ offered in Mecca? to leave what he was doing in order to get the riches of the world. How many times? And he could have left everything, stayed in Makkah, continue with his business, his wife's business, and live a comfortable life. But it was for the cause of Islam that they suffered all of this poverty. But do we find them complaining? No. This is almost a feature of their lives that we do not even know. Because the thing is that as soon as we feel that we have less, we begin to have self-pity. If we feel I have only two abayas, I have only three abayas, how sad, how poor I am. No, nothing to feel pity about. Imagine the companions didn't even have enough clothes to cover themselves with all the time. The Prophet ﷺ also prayed in one garment. Bab as-salati fi al-wahidi, performing the prayer in one garment, multahifan bihi, while a person is wrapped in it. So praying while wrapped in a single cloth. Now one was to take the izar and wrap it around the waist, take a part of it in order to cover the shoulders. When would a person do that? When the garment is short. But let's say a person has one piece of cloth, but it is quite big. It is quite big. So in that case, what will he do? He will wrap it around his body. Now if he wraps it okay, on his shoulders, all over his body, then how will he take his arms out? You know what I'm talking about? How will he take his arms out? How will he do takbir? If he does takbir, then he will have to lift up his arms from the bottom of the garment, which, which will expose all of his body. So he has to wear it in a particular way in order to pray comfortably. So how is that done? Multahifan bihi. This is iltihaf. Qala zuhriyu fi hadithihi 
Zuhri said in his hadith that Al-Multahif, Multahif meaning iltihaf, is Multahif, one who does iltihaf is who? Al-Mutawashih. It is to wrap up in tawashuh style. What is tawashuh? Wahuwa al-mukhalifu, which is to mukhalifu bayna tarafayhi. Tarafay is what? Two ends. So it is to cross the two ends, to cross the two ends of what? Of the garment where ala atiqayhi over the shoulders. So you have a garment and these are the two ends. So suppose this is very wide. So wide that if I put it on my shoulders, it's down to my knees. So it is to cross, to wear the garment in such a way that it is crossed over the shoulders, meaning the, the two ends are coming from the shoulders. وَهُوَ الْإِشْتِمَالُ عَلَى مَنْ كِبَيْهِ Which is ishtimal over the shoulders. Ishtimal, this is the particular way of wearing this garment, which is that one end is over the shoulder and the other end is under the opposite arm. So basically you will bring it from over the shoulders. One end is taken, thrown over one shoulder. The other end is taken and put under the opposite arm. So now both the hands are free. Okay? Is the garment secure? Yes, it is. So you take, for example, a shawl, put it over your shoulders from the back, take one end of the shawl, throw it over the opposite Shoulder, take the other end of the shawl and put it under the opposite arm. So this way, both the arms are free and also the body is covered. So this is a long garment, but you wear it in a way that your shoulders, your back and your aura is all covered. And obviously this is for the myth. قَالَ وَقَالَتْ أُمُّهَانِ he said, and Umhani, she said, Iltahafa nabiyu. The Prophet ﷺ, he iltahafa, meaning he wrapped himself up. And Nabiyu ﷺ, bithawbin, he wrapped himself up with one garment. وَخَالَفَ بَيْنَ طَرَفَيْهِ عَلَىٰ عَتِقَيْهِ And the ends were crossed over his shoulders. Okay, so the ends were crossed over the shoulders. حَدَّثْنَا عُبَيْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ مُوسَىٰ قَالَ حَدَّثْنَا هِشَامُ بْنُ عُرْوَةَ عَنْ أَبِيهِ أن عمر بن أبي سلمة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى في ثوب واحد قد خالف بين طرفيه عمر بن أبي سلمة Who is he? The son of Abu سلمة and Um سلمة So who is he then? How is he related to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم? Stepson, Rabib So he narrated that he saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم praying how? في ثوب واحد in one garment قد خالف بين طرفين The same way that the ends were crossed over, okay, over the shoulders. How? That one end was over one shoulder from the front and the other end was under the other arm. I couldn't understand how this was done. So I had my father demonstrate it to me on Skype last night. He said, show me how this is supposed to be done. He's saying in their culture they have shamla for the men, which is basically a big garment that is worn in this style. And for the women also there's something like that, but the neck is made. حدثنا محمد بن المثنى قال حدثنا يحيى قال حدثنا هشام قال حدثني أبي عن عمر بن أبي سلمة So Umar bin Abi Salama, he narrated أنه رأى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في ثوب واحد that he saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم praying in one garment في بيت أم سلمة in the house of Um Salama. قد ألقى طرفيه على عتقيه and he had crossed its ends over his shoulders. So this is how the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was seen praying 
multiple times by different people. And why is it necessary to pray in this manner if a person has one long garment? So that the body is not exposed and a person can also pray comfortably. حدثنا عبيد بن إسماعيل قال حدثنا أبو أسامة عن هشام عن أبيه أن عمر بن أبي سلمة أخبره قال he said رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that I saw the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي في ثوب واحد that he was praying in a single garment مشتملا به while he was wrapped in it في بيت أم سلمة in the house of Um Salama واضع طرفه على عتقه having placed the ends of it over his shoulders now we see over here the words ishtimal, okay, mushtamilan ishtimal, as well as iltihaf, as well as tawashuh. So all of these are basically the same. Okay, all of these are the same. Haddathana Ismail ibn Abi Uwaysin, qala haddathani Malik ibn Anasin, an Abi Nadri, Mawla Umar ibn Ubaidillah, anna Aba Murrata, Mawla Ummihani. So Abu Murra, the Mawla, who is Mawla? Freed slave of who? Ummihani. And Ummihani was binti Abi Talib. The daughter of Abu Talib. So who was she? Sister of Ali radiallahu anhu. So she, akhbarahu annahu sami'a. So he informed him that annahu sami'a ummahani'in binta Abi Talibin. That he heard Ummihani, the daughter of Abu Talib. Taqulu she was saying, ذهبت إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عام الفتح that I went to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the year of the conquest. So when Makkah was conquered, she went to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فوجدته so I found him يغتسله he was taking a bath. He was taking a bath وفاطمة and فاطمة ابنته his daughter تستره she was screening him. How? With the cloth or with the sheet. Okay? So that he could have privacy while taking a bath. قالت, she said, فَسَلَّمْتُ عَلَيْهِ So when I entered that place, I greeted him. فَقَالَ So he said, مَنْ هَذِهِ Who is it? Who is this woman? فَقُلْتُ So I said, أَنَا أُمُّهَانِ I am أُمُّهَانِ بِنْتُ أَبِي طَالِب The daughter of Abu Talib. فَقَالَ مَرْحَبًا بِأُمِّهَانِ He said, Welcome, O Umhani. And the Prophet ﷺ was taking a bath at this time. فَلَمَّا فَرَغَ مِنْ غُسْلِهِ When he was done with his bath, قَامَ He stood and then he prayed eight units of prayer. Multahifan and he prayed how while he was wrapped up wahid in one garment. In the same way. Brought over the shoulders, one end under one arm, and the other end over the opposite shoulder. So he prayed in this manner. Falamman Sarafa, then when he turned, meaning when he said the salam, Qultu Ya Rasulullah, I said, O Messenger of Allah, Zarama he has claimed who Ibn Ummi, the son of my mother. Who is that? My brother. And who is she referring to? Ali radiallahu anhu. So he has claimed Annahu Qatilun that he will kill Rajulan Aman Qad Ajartuhu whom I have given protection. Hmm? I have given him protection, Fulan Ibn Hubayra, this person, and Ali radiallahu anhu he is saying that he is going to kill him, although I have given him protection. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم replied, قَدْ أَجَرْنَا We give protection to who? مَنْ أَجَرْتِ Whom you have given protection to. يَا أُمَّهَانِ O أُمْهَانِ So if you have given protection to someone, then no one can kill him. قَالَتْ She said, Who said? أُمُّهَانِئٍ وَذَاكَ ضُحًا And that was ضُحًا Meaning that happened at the time of ضُحًا 
Now there are a number of things that we learn over here. First of all, the relevance of this hadith under this chapter heading is what? That at the conquest of Makkah, the Prophet ﷺ was seen performing prayer how? While he was wrapped up in one garment. Such that his entire body was covered, the part of the body that has to be covered, the shoulders as well as the awrah, and his arms were also free from movement. Another thing that we learned over here is that the Prophet ﷺ, he had a conversation with Umhani while he was taking a bath. But notice that he did not respond to the greeting. He did not say, Wa alaykum as And remember, in another hadith that we learned earlier, the Prophet ﷺ was in the state of Janabah. Someone greeted him. Before he responded, what did he do? He did tayammum. So this was something that the Prophet ﷺ preferred to do, that to have wudu, to have tahara, to be covered in order to say the salam, in order to respond to the greeting. And we should also follow the same way. That if we are in the bathroom, taking a bath, if we are undressed basically, changing, undressed, then in that state we should not be saying the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because as-salam is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name. Okay, so we should not be saying that while we are undressed. But we see that whatever was necessary to find out, the Prophet ﷺ did say that, although he was undressed. So while a person is undressed, remember that it is not forbidden to talk. It is not forbidden to talk. A person may ask, may respond, but only as much as is necessary. Not that a person is chatting endlessly or having a conversation that is not really necessary at that point. Rather, a person should delay that until he is dressed up. Then another thing that we learned in this hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ took his bath and he performed his salah while Ummu Hani is waiting. Waiting to do what? To ask him a question. And the Prophet ﷺ is praying. What is he praying? Fal salah? Like Maghrib, so the time is about to go, so he has to pray immediately. He is praying nafl. But because he had his mind set on it, he performed that. Ummu Hani waited. When he was finished, then she asked him her question. What does this teach us? That salah is important. Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is important. Because sometimes it happens, the time for prayer has come in. And yes, we're going to pray. But then what happens? Let me check my phone. Let me check my email. Let me check, are there any messages? Let me just do this. Let me just do that. And then what happens? You lose that focus. By the time you get to prayer, you're not that much involved. Your mind is not that much in it anymore. Obviously, once you've made the intention to pray, and that intention begins when you start doing wudu or ghusl or whatever, then pray immediately after. Don't delay unnecessarily. And also for us on the other hand, if someone is praying and we have to wait, then don't be impatient. But sometimes what do we do? Just one question. Just one minute. Just two minutes. And we disregard the other person, you know, what they're doing, where they're headed to. That they have a need to fulfill as well. We feel that our one question is so urgent, it is so important that we don't need to care about what other people are going through. Right? So it's necessary that we are patient, okay, and we also remain focused. Also we learned that the Prophet ﷺ performed eight raka'ah of duha. What is salat duha? It's the same as ishraq. Okay, there are different names for this. Duha, Ishraq, in Urdu it's also called Chasht. Okay, so it's basically the mid-morning prayer which can be performed anytime after the sun has fully risen. But we can also do this, that if we see that somebody is praying, then we can also make use of that time instead of just sitting there on their heads waiting 
making them feel uncomfortable as well, so that they can't focus on their prayer, let's do something ourselves as well. Go do wudu, pray yourself, or do the kid. That we see Ummu Hanit, she waited so patiently until the Prophet ﷺ finished his prayer, eight units of prayer, and then she asked such a small question. Right? Such a small question she asked. So what does it teach us? That we have to be patient with the teachers, with the scholars, that when, when we're asking a question, be patient. Sometimes you have to wait for half an hour, sometimes 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Just last night when I was trying to ask my father about this question, it took me almost an hour. Almost an hour. Because there were so many things to talk about, and then he was busy getting phone calls in the middle, and people are coming and asking him questions, and I almost felt like, you know what, it's okay, I'll just survive. This is this has to do with men anyway. You know, this is something that I never have to do, and the men that I know also, hopefully, will never be in a situation like this. So it's okay if I don't know. But I said, no, I have to be patient. He's willing to tell me, I have to sit here and wait. So you have to do that if you want to learn. At this occasion, the Prophet ﷺ performed eight. This is nafil, so you can pray as much as you want. And also we learn here the honor that the Prophet ﷺ gave to Ummu Hani. That how he said that, قَدْ أَجَرْنَا مَنْ أَجَرْتِي يَا أُمَّ هَانِي Imagine a woman at that time in Makkah is giving protection to a person. And the Prophet ﷺ says, whoever you give protection to, we give protection to them as well. Because remember at the conquest of Makkah, there were certain people who were supposed to be killed. Because they had harmed the Muslims and Islam a lot over the course of decades. So this is the reason why those certain individuals had to be killed. But one of them went and took refuge. So Ali anhu was determined to kill that individual with Umhani. She gave him protection. So now there was a conflict over here. So she went to the Prophet ﷺ and look at how he honored her that he is protected because you are giving him protection. That Ali anhu was her younger brother, but still a woman. The Prophet honored her so much. Abu Murrah, he is the Mawla of Ummuhani. He is the one who is saying that he heard Ummuhani sing. So, Anna Aba Murrata, who is Aba Murrah? Mawla Ummihani in Binti Abi Talibin. So he, Akhbarahu Annahu Samira. He informed who? He informed who? Mawla Umar ibn Abdullah. Okay, so he informed him that Annahu Samira Ummahani. So basically over here, don't get confused. This whole Mawla Ummihani in Binti Abi Talib, this is a description of Aba Murrah. Haddathana Abdullah ibn Yusuf, qala akhbarana Malikun an ibn Shihabin an Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib an Abi Hurayrata anna sa'ilan that a questioner sa'ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam salati about the prayer fi thawbin wahidin in one garment faqala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded to him awali kullikum thawban does every single one of you have two clothes two garments a is wa and li kulli for every kum of you thawban two garments Meaning, does every single one of you possess two pieces of clothing? What's the answer? No. When everyone doesn't, then is it permissible to pray in one garment for a man? Yes, it is. So this means it is ja'iz, it is permissible. Because if it was not ja'iz, then people would be obligated to purchase another cloth, another garment. Or to borrow from other people in order to pray. And that would make the life of people very, very difficult. Remember, about oil, what Aisha Bilaw Anha said, that if we had it, instead of lighting our lamps, we would drink it. 
Instead of lighting our lamps, we would drink it. So if they had clothes, they would first of all put them on. But look at how with their patience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded them so much even in the dunya. Bab إِذَا صَلَّى فِي الثَّوْبِ الْوَاحِدِ When a person prays in one garment, and what does he do? فَلْيَجْعَلْ عَلَىٰ عَاتِقَيْهِ Then he should put it over his shoulders. Same tawashir style. If a person is praying in a garment, whether it is small or big, whether he is wearing it in tawashir style or he is wearing it as an izab, whatever he is doing, he has to put it over his shoulders. Whether he is going to wrap it around his shoulders or he's going to tie it around the neck or whatever he is going to do. But he has to cover the shoulders with it. Why? Because for a man, covering the shoulders is a requirement in prayer. Even in tawaf. When a man is doing tawaf, he has to cover both the shoulders. Otherwise in ihram, one shoulder is always exposed. Correct? But when a man is doing tawaf, he has to cover both the shoulders. حدثنا أبو عاصم عن مالك عن أبي الزنادي عن عبد الرحمن بن الأعرج عن أبي هريرة قال he said قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لا يصلي أحدكم none of you should pray في الثوب الواحد in one garment ليس على عاتقيه شيء while there is nothing on his shoulders meaning none of you should pray in one garment that is worn in a way that there is nothing of it on his shoulders. So what does it mean then? That if he is praying in one garment, then he has to cover his shoulders with it as well. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا شيبان عن يحيى بن أبي كثير عن إكرمة قال سمعته He said, I heard him أو كنت سألته or I asked him قال سمعت أبا هريرة that he said, I heard Abu Huraira يقول he said, أشهد I bear witness أني سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول that I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم saying من صلى في ثوب واحد whoever prays in one garment فليخالف بين طرفيه then he must cross its ends over why? to cover the shoulders so he should cover the shoulders and then pray he should cross its ends why? otherwise his aura will be exposed because the thing is that if it's not crossed over okay, from the front, then what will happen? The front part of the body will be exposed. Okay, as a person will lift up or bend down or you know get get up, then there's a chance that part of the body will get exposed, especially the aura. Notice the style of Abu Hurairah. Ashhadu, I bear witness, I testify. So strongly he is saying, in such a convincing manner. And look at these two ahadith. In the previous hadith, what do we learn? The Prophet wasallam said, لَا يُصَلِّي أَحَدِكُمْ There was a nahi. Okay? And over here, there is amr. فَلْيُخَالِفْ بَيْنَ طَرَفَيْهِ So there is nahi and amr. What does it show? That this is mandatory. To cover the shoulders is mandatory in prayer for a man. So when men, if they're wearing a sleeveless shirt hmm, that is so short over the shoulders, then is that sufficient? It's not sufficient. Like for example, if they're wearing a vest that is sleeveless, but the part that goes over the shoulders is very thin, is that sufficient for prayer? No, it's not sufficient for prayer. It has to be covered. The shoulders have to be covered. Bab إِذَا كَانَ الثَّوْبُ ضَيِّقًا If the cloth is narrow, if it is not wide enough, and when it's not wide enough, it's not going to be big enough to cover the body properly. So then what should a person do? Not pray? He has to pray. 
حدثنا يحيى بن صالح قال حدثنا فليح بن سليمان عن سعيد بن الحارث قال سألنا he said that we asked جابر بن عبد الله عن الصلاة we asked جابر بن عبد الله about the prayer which prayer? how? في الثوب الواحد in one garment that how should a person pray in one garment the people asked who? جابر الضلاو عنه فقال so he said خرجت مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم I went with the Prophet ﷺ في بعض أسفاره in one of his journeys. In one of his trips, I was with him. فجئت, so I came ليلة one night لبعض أمري for some of my affairs. Meaning in the night we were all camped and I came during the night to fulfill one of my needs and فوجدت, so I found him who? Muhammad ﷺ يصلي. I found him praying. When? During the night. وعليّ And upon me was ثَوْبٌ واحد, just one garment. I was wearing only one cloth at that time. So فَاشْتَمَلْتُ بِهِ So I wrapped myself in it. وَصَلَّيْتُ And I prayed إِلَى جَانِبِهِ On his side. Meaning he joined him in the prayer. فَلَمَّنْ صَرَفَ So when he turned, meaning when he finished, when he said the salam, قَالَ The Prophet ﷺ said, مَا السُّرَى يَا جَابِرْ What is this night visit, O Jabir? السُّرَى Asra, right? Isra. What does it mean? Night journey. So, Masra ya Jabir. What is this night visit, O Jabir? Meaning, how come you came to me at this time? Because it's unusual to go to a person in the middle of the night. Regardless of whether they're sleeping or praying, it's unusual. So, I informed him of my need. That I came to fulfill one of my needs and I found you praying. And so I thought I should also join you in prayer. فَرَغْتُ, so then when I was done, meaning I was done telling him, قَالَ he said, مَا هَذَا الْإِشْتِمَالُ الَّذِي رَأَيْتُ What is this ishtimal which I see? What is ishtimal? The way you've wrapped up yourself. How have you wrapped yourself up in the single garment? Why is he asking this question? That this is not correct. How have you wrapped yourself up? This is not the correct way of wrapping yourself. قُلْتُ I said, كَانَ ثَوْبٌ Meaning this is how my cloth is, this is how my clothes are. And he meant, يَعْنِي ضَاقَ Meaning it is too short, too narrow, it's too small. So this is why I'm wrapped up in this manner. قَالَ He said, فَإِن كَانَ وَاسِعًا If it is wasir, if it's wide, فَالْتَحِفْ بِهِ Then wear it as iltihaf, that from over your shoulders, one side under one arm, the other side over the other shoulder. So if it's wide enough, then wear it in this manner. وَإِن كَانَ ضَيِّقًا And if it is small, if it is narrow, فَالْتَزِرْ بِهِ Then wear it as izar. And when a person is wearing it as izar, then what's the command? That he should take one part of it and lift it up and cover his shoulders with it. So what do we learn? When a person has one garment to cover himself with, there's two situations. One is that the garment is big enough. When it's big enough, it's wide, then he should wear it as iltihaf. But when it is small, then he should make sure to cover his aura with it, wear it as izar, and take just a portion of it and tie it around the neck in order to cover it. The shoulders. So this is what we learn from this hadith. And if a person doesn't have enough clothes at all, meaning they're too short, no matter what he does, he's not able to cover himself properly. And he can't find anything, then he will pray. As is, which is why the scholars, they have said that if a person is in a situation where he doesn't have any clothes at all, he is uryan, then he will pray sitting. Instead of standing, he will pray sitting. Why? Because when he's sitting, then at least part of his aura is Somehow hidden. Somehow hidden. It will cover him to some extent. Because Allah says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ Fear Allah as much as you are capable. Whatever your situation allows you. 
And all of this shows the importance of salah. That no matter how poor or rich you are, no matter what situation you're in, when the time to pray comes, you have to pray. No excuses. See, if she's wearing such clothes which are revealing her aura, okay, she should not be wearing such clothes anyway. So whether she's inside the house or outside when she's before people, and even when a person is alone, he should not be naked. Inshallah, we will learn about that as well again. A person should not put himself in a situation where he will have to compromise. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن سفيان قال حدثني أبو حازم عن سهل قال كان رجال he said that the men used to يصلون مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم they would pray with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم how عاقدي أزرهم while tying up their إزار على أعناقهم on their necks كهيئة الصبيان like the way of children meaning like the way people would dress their children they would take a portion of their إزار and tie it around their necks why? so that they would not fall otherwise what would happen? As a child is running, the izar opens up and it falls off. And next thing you know, the child has tripped over it and fallen himself. And obviously when it's tied around the neck, it doesn't mean that a person is choking. It's tied in a loose way, just in order to secure the garment. So this is how the men would tie their clothes, praying behind the Prophet ﷺ. وَقَالَ لِلنِّسَاءِ And he said to the women, لَا تَرْفَعْنَ رُؤُوسَكُنَّ Do not lift up your heads from rukur, from sujood, until Until the men have yastawi, meaning they're yastawi rijalu, julusan, they have settled in their sitting positions. So when they're getting up from sujood, the women were told not to lift up their heads until the men are sitting. Why? Because there was no barrier between the men and the women in the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. Men were in the front, women were in the back. And with these short clothes, if a man was praying, it was quite possible that unknowingly, he's in sujood, he doesn't know, he doesn't realize, but part of his garment from the back lifts up. And as a result, his body may show. Or what was covered in a standing position, in the rukur position, may get exposed in the sujood position. Now obviously a person should take care of this from before. But you don't know what may happen in salah, right? Especially what's happening behind you, you don't know. Your back, you, you don't know about it. So this is the reason why the women were told that delay in getting up from sujood. Now this doesn't mean that we don't care about the length of the clothes that we're wearing. So that if we're going into rukur, our pants are lifting up so that all of our ankles and our feet are showing. No. Or that the shirt is so short that it lifts up and the back is exposed. No. When Allah has given us so many clothes, we learn about the statement of Umar anhu that when Allah has given you so much, then use it then use more of the cloth to cover yourself. The men would take their precaution, how they would tie their garment properly, but just in case something happens, the women were told to not lift up their heads until the men had settled in their sitting positions. So this is something that we have to realize in our lives as well, that the other person may be trying to make sure, but just in case something happens, give them the benefit of the doubt and and excuse them. Don't demand your rights. Don't say this is unfair. Why do we have to delay in getting up? No, understand the other person's situation as well. For some people, they could not avoid the situation. They didn't have the means to get bigger clothes or more clothes. Bab Praying while wearing a Syrian cloak. Jubba. What is Jubba? A cloak? A Shamiya from Sham. Why is this a matter of concern? Why not? 
because Asham at that point was not Muslim. The people of Asham were not Muslim at that time. So what has been made by the non-Muslims or what has come from them, can you pray in those clothes? Yes. Why would a person have doubt? What if they're not clean? What if they're not clean? What if they touch them with dirty hands? Is that possible? Yes. Which is why sometimes when people buy clothes from stores, even over here, before they wear them, they have to wash them. Why? Because they say that, you know, somebody must have touched them. Maybe somebody tried them on in the store. You don't know. So I would like to wash it before praying in it. Okay, you want to be more, you know, hygienic. That's your choice. But remember that the asl is tahara. That you will consider something to be clean, to be tahir, even if it comes from non-Muslims. Unless you see the signs of najasa on it. You see that it smells, that it has a stain on it. Then obviously you will treat it as najis. But where it doesn't have the signs of najasa, then you will consider it to be tahir. Even if it has come from non-Muslims, yes. Even if it was made by them, yes. Even if it was touched by them, yes. وَقَالَ الْحَسَنُ And Hassan said, فِي Concerning the clothes, which clothes? يَنْسُجُهَا يَنْسُجُهَا He weaves it. That was woven by who? Al-Majusi, a fire worshipper. A cloth that was woven by a fire worshipper. He said concerning it, لَمْ يَرَى بِهَا بَأْسًا He didn't see any harm in that. Meaning, you can pray in it. So not just the Ahlul Kitab, but also fire worshippers. So any kind of non-Muslim. وَقَالَ مَعْمَرٌ And Ma'mur said, رَأَيْتُ الزُّهْرِيَّةِ That I saw a Zuhri. يَلْبَسُ He was wearing مِنْ of Al-Yaman. He was wearing clothes from Yemen, which were مَسُبِغَ Which were dyed with بِالْبَوْلِ With the urine. Which urine is this? Obviously that which is considered طَاهِر And which is of the animals that are مَأْكُولِ That are eaten. Okay? Because such things were used for various things. Okay? Like dyeing clothes and even as medicine. And we might find this to be very strange, but think about it. Soaps, what are they made from? Animal fat, many times. Isn't it so? Animal fat. I remember I saw a TED talk by this woman who was researching how far and wide are pig byproducts used. So she followed a pig, okay, that when it was slaughtered at the slaughterhouse, where its parts went and in what things were they used. So from concrete that's on the road, okay, even that has pig byproducts to soap, to the makeup that women wear, to food, to packaging, I mean, different, different things. So the thing is that animal byproducts, different, different things, they are used for various purposes. I mean, we're not going into the issues of halal haram over here. But I'm just trying to make you understand that if people dyed clothes with animal urine, this is something we might find strange. But if we got to know about the details of how colors are made today, how dyes are made today, this would be something very ordinary. So he was wearing clothes that were dyed with animal urine. And Ali anhu he prayed fi thawbin in clothes غير مقصورin that had not been washed. Meaning before they had been washed. Maqsur is from qasr. And what does qasr mean? To shorten. Now when a cloth is initially woven, it is big. But when it is washed the first time, what happens? It shrinks. It reduces in its size. 
So basically, he prayed in the clothes before washing them. So that means those clothes were touched by who? A non-Muslim. If they were made by them, touched by them. Okay? Especially because the heading is of Al-Jubbat Al-Sha'miyyah. Right? So, so those made by non-Muslims. So if it was unwashed, touched, made by a non-Muslim, there's no harm in praying in such clothes. Because what's the rule? That you will consider something to be clean unless there is a sign of najasa. حدثنا يحيى قال حدثنا أبو معاوية عن الأعمش عن مسلم عن مسروق عن مغيرة بن شعبة قال كنت مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر he said I was with the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر in a journey فقال so he said يا مغيرة أو مغيرة خذ الإداوة خذ hold take what الإداوة what is إداوة a small container so hold this water container for me فأخذتها so I held it I took it. فَانْطَلَقَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet ﷺ, he went on حَتَّى تَوَارَى until he disappeared عَنِّي from me. Meaning he went until I could not see him anymore. فَقَضَى حَاجَتَهُ And then he fulfilled his need, meaning he answered the call of nature. وَعَلَيْهِ جُبَّةٌ شَأْمِيَةٌ And the Prophet ﷺ was wearing a Syrian cloak at that time. So he used the washroom. And then, فَذَهَبَ Then he went, لِيُخْرِجَ يَدَهُ To take his hand out, مِنْ كُمِّهَا From its sleeve. فَضَاقَتْ But it was tight. So after using the washroom, the Prophet ﷺ intended to perform wudu. And this is the reason why he asked Mughira bin Shorba to bring that water container. So when he wished to perform wudu, he wanted to take his arm out of the sleeve. Because the cloak was such that the sleeves were tight. It was stitched. But as he was trying... The sleeve was too tight. So what did he do? فَضَاقَتْ It was tight. فَأَخْرَجَ يَدَهُ So he brought his hand out مِنْ أَسْفَلِهَا From its bottom, from underneath it. So he took his sleeve out on the inside and took the arm out from under the cloak. فَصَبَبْتُ عَلَيْهِ So I poured the water on him. فَتَوَضَّأَ وُضُوءَهُ لِلصَّلَاةِ So he performed his wudu like that of salah. وَمَسَحَ عَلَى خُفَّيْهِ And he wiped over his socks. ثُمَّ صَلَّى And then he prayed. What do we learn over here? Many lessons. Hmm? Firstly, we see that the Prophet ﷺ asked Mughira bin Shu'ba to help him in performing wudu. How that he asked him to? To bring the water container. Mughira bin Shu'ba, was he a slave? No way. He was a free man. So, it's allowed to ask others for help. There's no harm in this. As long as it is ma'roof. It's acceptable. Another thing we see over here is that the Prophet ﷺ, when he went to answer the call of nature, he disappeared from the sight of Mughira bin Shurba. That he went far from people and also far from the person who came along with him. Why? In order to have complete privacy and seclusion. So when a person is using the washroom, it's necessary that he has privacy. Why? So that his body is not exposed. And at the same time, while he's using the washroom, he can be comfortable. Because if there are people close by, if they're near... They can hear him, they can see him. It could be awkward for them and for that person. But if a person is in a situation where he is in privacy, but like the washrooms are these days, there are people right outside, they can hear. In this situation, a person should not make a big deal of it. Once we learned that a man, he was sitting in, in the gathering of the Prophet ﷺ and he passed wind and that made some noise. So the companion sitting over there, they laughed. So when they laughed... The Prophet ﷺ said, why do you laugh at something that you yourself do? So we shouldn't make a big deal about it. If a person is in privacy in order to use the washroom, 
But despite effort, if other people hear him, then he should not feel awkward about it, nor should other people make a big deal about it. Rather, when you see that somebody's in the washroom, give them their privacy, quickly put your hijab on and leave the washroom. Don't be in an awkward situation and put other people in an awkward situation. Also, we learn here that the Prophet ﷺ was wearing a cloak that had tight sleeves, so tight that his arm could not come out of it. So what did he do? He simply wiped over the sleeves because it was too uncomfortable to take the arm out. No. What did he do? He took his arm out from underneath. So likewise, if we are in a similar situation where our sleeves are too tight, whether of our shirt, a sweater, or an abaya, and we have to make wudu, then what is necessary? We have to wash the arm. Even if that means taking your abaya off? Yes. Even if that means taking your arm out from under your shirt? Yes. You have to do it. Because washing the arm is wajib in wudu. And the Prophet ﷺ, we don't see anything about him getting upset or saying that he's never going to wear this again or that why do they make such tight sleeves? No complaining. No complaining. Such an easygoing man he was. Okay, it doesn't come out from here? No problem. We'll take it out from underneath. So always look for solutions instead of complaining about the problem. So we see here that the arm cannot be wiped over, but he did wipe over the socks. So we wipe over what we have been taught to wipe over and we wash what we have been taught to wash. Because sometimes people say, why can you not wipe over the arms, the sleeves? Why not? Because the Prophet didn't do that. Bab karahiyati, the dislike of at-ta'arri, of being naked. salati in the salah wa ghayriha and elsewhere. So the undesirability of being naked in the prayer and otherwise as well. And remember that this is karahiyya of tahrim, meaning dislike to the point of being forbidden. Because makruh, something that is makruh, was considered as haram by the salaf. If they used the term makruh, they considered it to be haram. In the Qur'an, karahiyya has been used for what? Shirk. After mentioning do not do shirk and many other crimes in Surah Al-Isra, Allah says, كُلُّ ذَلِكَ كَانَ سَيِّئُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ مَكْرُوهَا all of this is makruh, dislike. Disliked so much that it is something that you're not allowed to do. It is haram. So this is the reason why it has been said that it is not allowed. It is not allowed to be naked in the salah. Which is why a person should take every possible step to ensure that he is covered and he will remain covered in prayer. Because sometimes what women do is that they're wearing, let's say, short sleeves. And they will wear a scarf that barely covers their arms in prayer. And as they will bend down in rukur, half of their arm is exposed. As they go in sujood, again half of their arm is exposed. Is this correct? No, this is not correct. It is not allowed. You know, one is that you don't have anything to cover yourself up with. That's a different situation. But when you do have, then there is no excuse at all. You have to ensure from the beginning that you will remain covered. حدثنا مطر بن الفضل قال حدثنا روح قال حدثنا زكريا بن إسحاق حدثنا عمر بن دينار قال سمعت جابر بن عبد الله يحدث أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان ينقل معهم الحجارة He mentioned that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he was carrying ينقل he was transferring معهم with them الحجارة the rocks للكعبة for the كعبة When was this? When they were rebuilding the كعبة while the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was still a young boy 
Okay? And he was not a messenger at that time, by the way. He was still a young boy. So he was helping the elders reconstruct the Kaaba. Because remember, it got destroyed. So he was bringing the stones. وَعَلَيْهِ إِزَارُهُ And upon him was his izar. What is izar? The waist wrapper. So that means his shoulders were uncovered. Only his waist down was covered. So وَعَلَيْهِ إِزَارُهُ فَقَالَ لَهُ الْعَبَّاسِ عَمُّهُ His uncle Abbas رَضِي اللَّهُ عَنْهُ He said to him, يَا ابْنَ أَخِي O son of my brother, O my nephew, لَوْ حَلَلْتَ إِزَارَكَ If you opened up your izar, فَجَعَلْتَ عَلَى مَنْ كِبَيْكَ And you put it on your shoulders, دُونَ الْحِجَارَ Instead of the rocks directly. Meaning, why don't you take your clothes off and put your izar on top of your shoulders so that when you carry the rocks on your shoulders, they don't touch your skin and hurt you. You have something to provide as padding, to cover your skin. قَالَ He said, فَحَلَّهُ So the Prophet ﷺ, while he was still a young boy, what did he do? He opened it up. فَجَعْلَهُ عَلَى مَنْ كِبَيْهِ And he put it on his shoulders. What did that mean? That he was exposed. فَسَقَطَ So he fell مَغْشِيًا عَلَيْهِ Unconscious. He was so shy, he fell unconscious. فَمَا رُؤِيَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ عُرْيَانًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. So he was never seen after that naked. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So what do we see here? That he was still a very young boy. His uncle suggested to him that you take your izar off, put it on your shoulders so that you don't get hurt. And he listened. He was obedient, shy. So he listened. But when he realized he was being exposed, he was so uncomfortable, he was so shy that he fell unconscious. And this is so true. Children have haya naturally. They have haya naturally. They want to cover themselves up. Which is why we see that even young girls who are dressed up in a very indecent way, they know, you know, they are feeling uncomfortable or they know that this is not right. There is this feeling of awkwardness, which is why they are either standing awkward or walking awkward or or touching themselves. So this is something that is in the nature. But what happens? What happens? That fitra is corrupted. It is destroyed. So then people think it is awkward to cover yourself up. By the way, why is this hadith mentioned under this bab? In salah it's not allowed anyway. But even otherwise, a person should not be going around naked. Now obviously if a person is fulfilling their need, that's a different thing. But going before people, this is something that's not correct. That in the Arabs this was something kind of acceptable. That men would sometimes take their clothes off and we know that even tawaf they would do naked. And sometimes in playing, when they'd be playing, they would take their izar off and run after each other just out of play. So this was something that was done in that culture. But the Prophet ﷺ, still a young boy, he couldn't take it. That if in salah we have to cover ourselves up, we feel shy, not being dressed appropriately, then outside of salah, we should be decently dressed up as well. That children, they, you know, they're on their fitrah. So when they will see someone dressed inappropriately, first of all, they'll be in shock. And then, they would also go and say something. They would also go and say something. I remember my niece, when she saw a woman who was not dressed appropriately, and she said, where's your shirt? How come you're not wearing a shirt? She couldn't understand that why you're not wearing a shirt. So little children, they get shocked when they see these things. It's unnatural for them almost. Especially after the winter. Bab al-salati fil-qamisi Performing the prayer in a shirt. What is qamis? An upper garment that is stitched. So a shirt. Whether it has buttons on it, a zip on it, whatever. 
Okay, or no buttons, no zip, whatever. But a qameez is an upper garment, a shirt that is stitched. And it could be long, it could also be short. Okay, in some cultures it is only up to the lower abdomen. In other cultures it's below the, it's almost mid-thigh. So depending on the culture, the length is different. So this is what qameez is. Wasarawil. Sarawil, pants, trousers. Okay, and this could also be of different shapes and designs and forms, okay? But the point is that it's a lower garment that is stitched. What tubban? Tubban is a short sarawil. So what are they? Shorts. Okay? Knee length, shorts. Wal qaba. What is qaba? Qaba is a long dress that is open from the front. So something like a front open abaya. Or the Arabs, the men, they wear a bish, you know, like on their... They wear the that cloak over their thawb. So this is what qaba is. So praying a shirt, trousers, knee-length shorts, and qaba. So different kinds of clothes. Is it permissible? Yes, it is. But the point is that the awra be covered. And for the men, the awra and the shoulders be covered. حدثنا سليمان بن حرب قال حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن أيوب عن محمد عن أبي هريرة قال قام رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم a man stood before the Prophet ﷺ and he فَسَأَلَهُ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فِي الثَّوْبِ الْوَاحِدِ So he asked him about the prayer in a single garment. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, أَوَكُلُّكُمْ Does every one of you يَجِدُ ثَوْبَيْنِ Does every one of you find two garments? What does this answer mean? That of course, it is allowed to pray in one garment. ثُمَّ سَأَلَ When this hadith was being narrated, ثُمَّ سَأَلَ رَجُلٌ Then a man asked, who? Umara. Umar radiallahu anhu. About what? Imagine this hadith is being narrated. A man asked Umar radiallahu anhu, Can you pray in one garment? Umar radiallahu anhu faqala. So he said, إِذَا وَسِعَ اللَّهُ فَأَوْسِعُوهُ When Allah enriches you, then expend more. When Allah has given you wus'a, then adopt that wus'a. If Allah has given you more clothes, then use more clothes. Why would you leave proper clothing and wear a single izar? or a single garment, and be uncomfortable in prayer. Why would you do that? جَمَعَ رَجِلٌ عَلَيْهِ ثِيَابَهُ A man should combine his garments. جَمَعَ He should gather up, meaning he should combine. رَجِلٌ A man عَلَيْهِ upon himself ثِيَابَهُ His clothes. So when Allah has given you different kinds of clothes, then put them all, okay? Or put, or combine two, so that you're covered at the top, and also at the bottom, so that you can pray comfortably. صَلَّى رَجِلٌ a man can pray in izar and irida. What is izar? Lower garment that is open, that is loose. And rida, upper garment. So both are shawls. So he can wear two shawls. One around the waist and one on the upper body. A man can pray fi izarin wa qamisin. He can wear a shirt and a sheet around his waist. Izar. Fi izarin wa qabain. He can combine izar and iqaba. What is qaba again? The long dress. Fi sarawila wa rida'in. He can combine sarawil and rida'. What is sarawil? Trousers and rida' is a shawl. Upper shawl. Fi sarawila wa qamisin. In sarawil, trousers and a shirt. Fi sarawila wa qaba'in. In pants and a long dress. Fi tubanin wa qaba'in. In shorts and in? In a long dress. Fi tubanin wa qamisin. What is tubban? Shorts and qameez, shirt. Qala wa ahsibuhu qala. He said, and I think he also said, fi tubban in wa In a tubban, meaning shorts and rida, 
a shawl. So basically, what do we learn over here? That whatever Allah has given to a person, he should use it. And wear that which will make his salah comfortable, which will make it easy for him to pray. That his focus is not on covering himself up, but rather on the prayer. That Umar anhu, look at the way he answered. That he explained in so much detail, presented all the different combinations, all the different styles of clothing basically. But cover yourself up and pray. حدثنا عاصم بن علي قال حدثنا ابن أبي ذئب عن الزهري عن سالم عن ابن عمر قال سأل رجل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أما ناس تبرفت صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال so he said ما يلبس المحرم what should a محرم wear a person who is in the ihram what should he wear فقال so the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لا يلبس he should not wear القميص the shirt ولا السراويل nor trousers ولا البرنس nor a burnus what is burnus it is a maghribi cloak Okay, Moroccan cloak that is that has a hood on the back. It's a cloak, but it also has a hood on the back. You can just Google Burnus, okay, B-U-R-N-O-O-S-E, and you'll find a picture of it immediately. Exactly, it's very commonly used. So it has a hood on the back. Very similar to a bisht, but it has a hood. So he said that he should not wear Burnus. Who? The muhrim. وَلَا ثَوْبًا Nor a garment that مَسَّهُ الزَّعْفَرَانُ وَلَا وَرْسٌ That has been touched by زَعْفَرَان or ورس. Both of these are dyes and also uh, fragrances. So neither clothes that have been colored or you know that, that the fragrance has been put on them. Basically it is a, a dye. okay, And it is such a dye that has a fragrance as well. But more than the fragrance, it's the dye that matters. It's the color that matters. فَمَنْ لَمْ يَجَدِنَّ عَلَيْنِ And whoever does not find sandals, فَلْيَلْبِسِ الْخُفَّيْنِ Then he should wear socks, وَلْيَقْطَعْهُمَا And he should cut them both, حَتَّى يَكُونَ Until they both are أَسْفَلَ مِنَ الْكَعْبَيْنِ Lower than the ankles. وَعَنْ نَافِعٍ And on the authority of Nafi' عَنْ إِبْنِ عُمَرَ عَنْ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِثْلُهُ Another narration. So the man asked what should he wear in ihram. The Prophet told him what he should not wear in ihram. Okay? And what, what does this hadith teach us? That if these clothes a person is not allowed to wear in ihram, then he can wear them outside of ihram. He can. If he cannot wear qameez, saraweel, burnus, sauban masahu za'afran, wala waras, then he can wear these outside of ihram. You understand? This is why this hadith has been mentioned over here. Because what's the bab? As-salaf al-qameez, wal-saraweel, wal-tuban, wal-qaba. So these are only forbidden in ihram, but outside of ihram you can wear them. That means you can also pray in them. Bab ma yastru min al-awrati. What should be used to cover the private parts? Meaning outside of salah, how much of the awra is supposed to be covered? Or what should be used in order to cover the private parts? Remember there was ikhtilaf amongst the scholars concerning a man's awra. The majority of the scholars, they said that for a man... His awrah outside of salah is what? From the navel to the knee. And others they said, no, it's just the private parts, which means that a part of the thigh may be exposed. You understand? So some scholars actually said that. Imam Bukhari was of the opinion that it's just the private parts that need to be covered and part of the thigh may be exposed occasionally. Not that a person is deliberately wearing short underpants or something like that and he's walking around like that. No. When there is a need, if it does happen, it's not a big deal, basically. Like for example, if a person is wearing knee-length shorts, but as he's sitting up, what will happen? They will lift up and the knee will be exposed. 
Likewise, a part of the thigh may also get exposed. Is that haram? According to some scholars, it is haram. But Imam Bukhari was a bit more lenient in this matter and he said it was not haram. حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد قال حدثنا ليث عن ابن شهاب عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله بن عتبة عن أبي سعيد الخدري أنه قال that he said نهى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم forbid عن اشتمال الصماء from what اشتمال wrapping oneself up in what manner in الصماء style okay so he forbid wrapping up in الصماء style what is الصماء style الصماء style is that a person wraps himself in a garment in such a way that he cannot put his hands out. He wraps himself in such a way over his shoulders that he cannot take his arms out. And if he has to take his arms out, he has to take them out from underneath. When he will do that, the garment will lift up, then he will be exposed. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade this. Not just in salah, but also outside of salah. In salah, why? How will you pray properly? How will you do sajda? How will you do rukur? And outside of salah, why? Because it's awkward. A person is wrapped up like a mummy. He can't even walk. He cannot even meet other people or fulfill his needs. So this is something that should not be done. Even women. Because sometimes we pray in such hijabs that are that are long, but they don't have any armholes in them. So make sure that whatever you're wearing, it does have place for your arms to move about easily and your hands to come out. So he forbade اجتمال الصمائي وَأَنْ يَحْتَبِيَ الرَّجُلُ فِي ثَوْبٍ وَاحِدٍ And he also forbade that a man يَحْتَبِيَ That he sits in a manner that فِي ثَوْبٍ وَاحِدٍ In one garment How? That احتباه is when a person sits with his legs drawn up Sitting with the legs drawn up in front of him The position that a person is not allowed to sit in, in While the khutbah is going on in Jumu'ah You know what I'm talking about? Knees touching the chest, exactly. So he forbade that a person should sit like this while he is wearing a single garment. Why? Because when he will sit like this, then what will happen? Laysa ala There will be nothing on his private part. Meaning his private part will be exposed like that because if the legs are drawn up and he's wearing a single garment, then it's quite possible that his private part is being exposed and he has no idea. So what does it show? That what is essential to be covered is what? The private part. حدثنا قبيصة ابن عقبة قال حدثنا سفيان عن أبي الزنادي عن الأعرج عن أبي هريرة قال نهى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن بيعتين عن اللماس والنباد. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade from two kinds of sales. Which ones are they? اللماس and النباد. وأن يشتمل الصماء and that a person wraps up in the manner of الصماء. وأن يحتبي الرجل في ثوب واحد and that a person sits with his legs drawn up in a single garment. Why? Because then his private part will be exposed. By the way, what is limas and what is nibad? These are two ways of buying and selling which were forbidden. Limas is from lumps, to touch. So basically the buyer, he says to the seller that whichever item you touch with closed eyes, then you have to sell it to me at such and such price. So a person walks up to the store owner and he says, close your eyes and put your hand on any item. Whatever you touch, you have to sell it to me at this price. So, the man, he's like, I don't want to lose this deal. So he would accept it and close his eyes, touch whatever. And the man agreed 20 whatever dinar and that thing would be worth a thousand, but he would have to give it at 20. Or something would be worth five and he would have to give it at 20. So one is losing, one is gaining. This is, you can say, a game of chance. Okay, a trade of chance. And nibad is to throw from nabada. 
So the buyer would say to the seller, whichever item you throw to me, so you throw whichever one you manage to throw to me, then that you have to sell to me at such and such price. So both of these were forbidden. There's another kind which is hisat, which the seller says to the buyer, the throw stones, whatever you manage to throw at is yours at this price. So all of these are forbidden. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade these and he also forbade as-sama and ihtiba. Okay, subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.